Hi, I'm Joanna Fortune, psychotherapist and author of the 15-Minute Parenting series of books. Welcome to the 15-Minute Parenting Podcast, where each episode is 15 minutes long and deals with a common parenting issue using therapeutic play as a solution. Let's get going. I hear a lot from parents who are concerned about their children's eating habits and body image. Frequently, this is about teenagers, but certainly not exclusively, as younger children also present with an emotional charge around food and their bodies. In a world where our children might feel that they have very little control, they can exert control over what goes in or out of the body. I have worked with lots of children and teenagers through a diagnosed eating disorder, but with many more who present with eating disordered thinking, that is troublesome or intrusive thoughts about food that are pervasive in their lives. This would include a seven-year-old who I once worked with, who when we would do colouring or art activities together, she would draw the outline of a body and would name it as her own body as she drew it. She would then colour in the parts of her body that she wanted to lose, as she described it. She would colour those parts in red marker and talked about how if she could just erase or remove those parts of herself, she would feel much better about her body and about everything else outside of her body too. She also presented with a symptom whereby she tried to hold her breath for long periods of time. And when we were curious about this and I wondered what was that about because she was holding her breath to such an extent that she was coming close to passing out, she said she looked thinner when she held her breath. So she was trying to train herself to be able to suck in and hold because that for her was the body ideal. She was seven years old. How does this happen and how can we parent through it? When it comes to the how and the why, this isn't a new phenomenon by any stretch of the imagination. We live in a society that places immense emotional charge on not what the body can do, but on what it looks like. Thinness has always been enshrined as a body ideal. And yes, the body positivity movement online is making great inroads towards changing or at the very least challenging this false ideal, but we have a very long way to go on it. In my work with teenagers and indeed younger children who experience eating disorders or eating disordered thinking, I frequently hear the word fat used as a feeling. For example, I might say, how are you feeling today? And I might get the response, I feel fat. That's quite a striking thing to hear when I've asked how you feel. But when I explore this statement further, What I see time and again is that feeling fat has become a type of code language for feeling emotionally insecure, anxious, avoidant, rejected and unimportant. When eating disorders, and I include eating disorder thinking in this as well because I think it is something that is really pervasive in our society for our children and teenagers, the body is speaking to them about the overwhelming struggle they're experiencing to secure a sense of self, a sense of acceptance of the self and a sense of emotional safety or emotional security. It is as though achieving a particular body shape, body size or body weight is the only way they believe that they can gain mastery over these basic needs for safety, acceptance and emotional stability. Rituals 
Beliefs and fantasies about food and an idealized body type become the sanctuary they turn to when they feel they cannot turn to somebody else to provide this basic need for emotional nurturance for them. And this so-called ideal body is certainly not just a size zero model for girls. Our teenage boys and our young boys are also being bombarded by a body ideal. One that is rather regressed cultural ideal of a strong, tough, macho male who's physically buff, has a six pack and is, you guessed it, perfectly in control of their lives. Turn to teen TV shows, exposure to pornography and the ubiquitous nature of social media in all our lives and that life through a lens, that filtered lens that it upholds. These enshrine these ideals that I'm talking about and contribute to what can become a manic and out of control pursuit of perfection for our children and our adolescents. So how do you parent through and around this? What can you practically do? Well, starting as early as you can, and certainly don't wait till teenage years to begin this, but start it right now and maintain and grow it up as your children do. Encourage healthy eating habits in your family. And please understand that encouraging healthy eating habits is more than just filling your shopping trolley with bags of kale. It's about speaking about how food is there to fuel our bodies so that we can be energetic and active and enjoy our lives. Talk openly with your children about how our bodies cue us to eat when we are hungry and to stop eating when we are full. Talk about how smart our bodies are to know that. Make time for family mealtime and emphasise that food is a social activity too. Sit around a meal and talk together, laugh, share and connect over the food you are eating. That is a healthy eating habit in your family. Lead by positive example. Take time to examine your own attitudes to food, eating and your body. How do you speak about your body in front of your children? And when I say in front of your children, you might not even be aware that they're, you know, in the background playing, seemingly not listening, but I assure you they're absorbing everything. How do you speak about food in front of your children? Going forward, try to avoid terms like clean eating as it infers that some food is dirty in comparison. Avoid incentivizing your children's behavior with food. Don't say things like, you can have a chocolate bar if you finish your homework. Or, don't feel sad, let's go get some ice cream, you'll feel better then. Do not use diet language around your children. This would mean not counting calories or anything else like points, units, sins, whatever language you are using. Don't do that in front of your children because you have to avoid reducing food to numbers. Allow your children to see you eat healthily and that includes occasional so-called treat foods and not overtly labeling them as such. Allow your children to see you be active and to enjoy exercise as something you choose to do rather than you have to do. Do not pat so-called problem areas of your body or pull at your tummy flesh because they are watching you. So give them something to absorb that will build healthy body image. Let them hear you say, I love my body. I love all that it allows me to do. I think this one is often misunderstood, comes from a good intentioned place and is something that really causes pause for consideration. 
Do not use body-based nicknames for your children. And think about that now if you really do it. Think about those names like calling your children, and it's done with affection, I do get that, but calling them things like stretch, pudge, Buddha belly, tubs, skinny malink, whatever it might be, avoid those body-based nicknames because they are talking to your children about how they look from the very beginning. Critically discuss any media representations, particularly with your children when they're at that middle childhood, tween and early teenage stage, you know, from kind of eight or nine years old up to about 15, 16. It doesn't have to stop then, but I think it's particularly pertinent in those ages. When I say critically discuss media representations, I mean sit down with them with magazines, flick through the magazines and talk about the images that are contained in there, or scroll through social media feeds together. You could make it a game and try to spot the edits to an image, or identify what filters have been applied to an image, or how much Photoshop has been used. Critically assess what is real and not real. Play with those apps that allow you to edit an image to perceived perfection just to show them all that can be done to change an image before it looks so-called perfect. Create media literacy in your adolescents so that they can critically assess the images that they are bombarded with all day, every day, particularly as they carry their phones around in their pockets, a constant reference point for so-called body per perfection. Talk openly about body prejudice and how to identify it and how to challenge it when they see it. And parent with esteem. This means actively investing in your teenagers, in your young person's self-esteem, though ideally not just starting the process in adolescence, as I said, but rather strengthening it at this stage, having started it much, much younger. But at this kind of tween into early teenage stage, they really do need their self-esteem love cups topped up. Self-esteem is not achieved with body talk alone. Pay attention when you're a young person, your teenager speaks, and that means physically turning your body towards them when they're speaking. Look at them, make eye contact when they speak. Let them know that what they think and what they say is important and it matters to you and it matters enough for you to stop what you're doing and give them your full attention. Always focus on praising efforts over outcomes, regardless of the outcome of those efforts, and let them know that they are smart, engaging, funny, and lovable exactly as they are. You can start that with very young children. Be really aware when you see a young child, be it your own, your niece, your nephew, somebody else in your life that you don't greet them with something about how they look that you don't say look at your pretty hair look at your lovely dress look at your cool runners but talk about what it is that they are as a person and what they can do so instead say you look like a clever girl I wonder what you're reading you look like a smart boy what kind of games do you like to play or whatever it might be but you're teaching them that they are interesting for you know who they are and not how they look all of this said, if you do suspect that your child or teenager has an eating disorder or is developing an eating disorder or pervasive eating disordered thinking, I would encourage you to act and step in quickly. 
talk about the dangers of excessive dieting or emotional eating. It might be helpful to source an article or a video that you can read or discuss together as a reference point for your conversation, you know, initially to avoid personalizing it too much. But then talk to them in a loving and accepting way while being honest about your concerns about weight change or changes to their eating pattern. Maybe you've noticed they've become restrictive or are overeating. Make an appointment with your GP together for a medical checkup and consult with a specialist dietitian or a mental health professional on this and do so as early as you can. I want to share some practical techniques you can do that actively build, strengthen and enhance self-esteem in your children and your young people, no matter how old they are. This, these activities are probably more pertinent to that middle childhood, tween and teenage stage. So think eight years old plus. But look, you're the expert on your child. And if you have a six or seven year old and you're listening, going, you know, actually, I think they'd respond really well to that. Go for it. Why not? Start by sitting and facing each other and simply telling each other five things that you love about the other person. I mean, look, that's usually easy. You can rattle off five things you love about your child. You could rattle off 15 things you love about your child, but go with five. Now tell each other five things that you love about yourself. This may not be so easy, and it certainly may not be easy for your young person or your teenager, but try not to jump in and rescue them if they struggle. Hold the silence, but with a smile and sustained eye contact. If that silence goes on for a minute or two, say something like, it can be hard to think about yourself in this way. Would you like to borrow one of mine about you to start with? And just give them that helpful nudge, but you're not jumping in to rescue them from the struggle. Repeat back what you each say about each other and yourselves. In other words, you might say, so you love my smile, my baking, the way I sing and dance in the kitchen, that I can speak up for myself and those I care about, and that we enjoy the same TV shows or whatever list your teen has said about you. And then have them repeat back what they heard you say about them. And then repeat back to them what they say about themselves so they get to hear that again. So you're going to repeat their list. You're going to say something like, well, you love your extra ear piercing, your dyed hair, how jogging in the rain makes you feel, your eyes, and that you're a great friend to other people. This way, you are amplifying what is said to ensure it is truly heard by them. You can build a self-esteem jar for your teenager. What I really like about this is it's not time sensitive. You can start it as early as you like and keep contributing to it so that you gift it to them on their 18th or 21st birthday, a whole jar of good things that you've thought about them over the years, or simply keep it accessible so that at a glance they see how much good and positivity you see in them, or they can dip into it when they need to top up their own love cup as they negotiate their way through adolescence. To do this one, you would take a mason jar, make it an optimistically large one for this exercise, and keep a stack of coloured notelets or posted little bits of paper. Write down what you love and admire about your child. Um, these should be character traits, actions, who they are, those kinds of statements. Write down the actions your child takes that make you so proud of who they are. These can be big standout things or small everyday things. In reality, a blend of the two is ideal. You'll find that you fill your jar with things like, and this list is not intended to give you, it's just intended to give you some structure, it's not intended to be a script, so you should feel free to add to your own, but include things like, I like who you are because, and you finish that, you are really good at whatever it is, you feel good about your, 
something they feel good about, your friends think you have an awesome or a really good something, somewhere you feel happy is, you mean a lot to whomever. Um, others think you have a great whatever it is. I think you're really good at something you really enjoy is you are proud of yourself for and I am proud of you for and you fill in all of these gaps basically as you go. So what I'm saying is that have a list of things that you're going to complete the sentences of and fill the jar with those statements. In addition to the self-esteem jar, you can encourage your teenager to practice esteem-based reflection every day. And again, while I'm thinking about this for teenagers based on the topic we're talking about, you can also do this with the younger children, certainly from, you know, eight years plus. I find that this one works best if you do one yourself and sit together to fill it out as they can struggle to do it on their own sometimes. You could suggest doing a journal, which is a nice way because they can flick back over it on more difficult days and remind themselves of other good days. Um, or again, they can simply write them on coloured notelets and place them into a jar to serve as a visual reminder. That method is also fine and applicable here. You want to use some statement prompts to structure this or you could assign a different color to different feelings if they're filling a jar with bits of paper. But you say every day they should reflect and capture something I was great at today is whatever. Today it was interesting when something happened. I made someone smile when whatever happened and I smiled when someone did or said whatever to me. If you structure it that way and they just do those three things every single day, you're going to build a lovely um, esteem-based reflection journal or jar for them. And all of this is about building up their self-esteem and teaching them that they are more than how they look. Thanks for listening. If you found this episode useful, subscribe, share with a friend, give us a like, all of which helps people find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. Be sure to come back next week for a new 15-minute parenting episode or check our archives for previous topics. You can find me on Instagram at Joanna Fortune. And between now and then, have fun.